We have a special treat for you today before we get into the scripture. Uh, I know these are trying times, but you know, we got to have some uh, measure of, uh, uh, you know, fun. And, uh, and uh, so we got a video here for you from uh, Matthew West, who's written an uh, incredible number of Christian uh, songs that we all know and love. But he put this together at his house. Uh, it appears that it's at his house anyways, and it's called Quarantine Life. So watch with me and I'll be back in three minutes. I wish that I could go to Target It's been a few weeks I'd spend a couple hours shopping Buy something I don't need Last night I dreamed I went to Starbucks I heard him say welcome back Then I woke up and drank a bad cup of coffee Through a homemade mask And now I'm sad Quarantine life, quarantine life Can't lose weight, but I'm losing my mind Quarantine life, quarantine life Killing that corona with the Clorox wipe It's lonely inside, but we're gonna survive This quarantine life, quarantine life It ain't all good, but it's all alright I think I might have had a birthday I don't know what month it is And on the days I take a shower Yeah, I consider that a win And every day my girl's complaining Cause they closed the salon Now she's looking like a stranger to me I always thought she was a blonde But she not <laughs> Quarantine life, quarantine life Friday night toilet paper shopping online Quarantine life, quarantine life Made the Tiger King famous overnight It's lonely inside But we're gonna survive This quarantine life, quarantine life It ain't all good, but it's all alright I wanna leave my house, I wanna touch my face I wanna hug my friends, I never thought I'd say I wanna go to work, I wanna wear some pants Kids to go to school, I love them, but oh man I wanna play a show Another day in this quarantine life, quarantine life. Quarantine life, quarantine life. Friday night toilet paper shopping online. It's lonely inside, but we're gonna survive this quarantine life, quarantine life. It ain't all good, but it's all alright. Quarantine life, quarantine life. It ain't all good. You gotta love that. I'm sorry. Oh man. Anyways, I hope you're having a little bit of fun at your house. We try to have a little bit of fun now and then in uh, quarantine and quarantine life. Hey, let's get to our study. And uh, today I want to look at uh, chapter one of the book of Revelation. If we can get our slides up on the screen here. Uh, last week we talked about really a 
the resurrected Christ, that he's still alive, that he's risen, and, and that in him is peace, that he has overcome the world. He, Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, in all these things, all the trials and troubles that we face, Jesus uh, loves us. He says, we are more than conquerors through him who, loves, who loved us. We're more than conquerors. The, the resurrected uh, Jesus, he came to the disciples who were locked away. They were locked away. They were in fear. And what did he say to them? He said, peace be to you. They heard his voice. So we talked last week about this question. Is this the end? Are we at the end of the days? Is this the very end of the world? What's God saying? Who's he speaking to? And I really think it is a wake-up call, but I think it's more of a precursor to the very end. And God has certainly got the attention of all the world and, and he continues to have it. And there's so many voices and things that are going on too that are trying to take away that attention. But I think we need to focus on what God might be, say, be saying and will we listen? But isn't it amazing how quickly everything in this complete world, the whole planet got turned upside down. Are we in the, the end times? I think we are in the end times. And God is speaking. He's speaking to the whole world. And what's he saying to the world? He's saying that, that, that he wants us to turn to him. He's saying that to the whole planet. He wants us to turn to him. What's he saying to the church? He wants us to live for him. Revelation chapter 1, it's, it's a fascinating book. It's a fascinating chapter, and it begins this uh, story this this really this prophetic revelation it's let's read the verse uh, first three verses there it says this the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place he made it known by sending his angel to his servant John who testifies to everything that he saw that is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy. Blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. There's a blessing found in us just reading it and listening to these words, the words of this prop prophecy. But it's the word of God. And, and John was there and, 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 you know, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. But it's really, what is it all about? What's the, what's the book all about? The first you know, words tell us it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. What's the answer to all of our problems as human beings on this planet? It's Jesus Christ. You know, I might say, well, that sounds kind of religious or whatever. No, but that's the truth. That's the reality. That's what the Bible is telling us. This word revelation is the word, uh, the Greek word for apocalypse, where we get the word apocalypse. apocalypse. You try to say that three times. Apocalypse. It's an unveiling, in other words. It's the unveiling, the revealing of Jesus Christ, who he is, that he's the risen Lord. And we see it in this first chapter many, many times that he's alive. He's not dead. He, he died, yes, but he rose from the dead. It says that this testimony is given to John, John the Apostle. We'll talk a 
a little bit more about him in, in just a minute. But he gave him the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. But what's so incredible is that John has this encounter with Jesus. What the enemy meant for evil, God turns it around for good. That's a principle in our lives. The enemy comes at us and he, and he tries to attack us in all these different ways. We have enemies of all different kinds. But God turns it around for good. All things work together for good to those that love God or, or the call, uh, that are the call according to his purposes. So we have this blessing here in, in front of us, but notice he says, and there's this, there's this imminency that, that uh, comes out chapter after chapter, that it's near, the time is near. He said it in verse 1, what must soon take place. There's things going on. So the first message that he has there found in verses 4 through 6, it says this. If I can get my screen back there, I'm not, there it is. He says, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. There's the, the worship begins to happen from the very beginning here, but, it, but he brings us this grace and peace. And if you'll notice in those verses, really we see the Father. We see Jesus, the Son, and we see the Holy Spirit. He talks about him who is on the throne. We see the, the he says the seven spirits, and really that is speaking about the, the, the perfection and the completeness the, of, of the sevenfold nature of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus Christ, who's the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, we see that the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are bringing us grace and peace, something we desperately need. Paul the Apostle, you know, in so many of his letters, he begins them by saying grace and peace to you from God the Father and Jesus Christ. I need the grace. The grace is, is getting what we don't deserve and this peace that we need so desperately. Even these, in these times, it's been a, a recurring theme in the, in the messages that, that I've been bringing and, and seeing that the Lord wants us to hear about is the peace that he has to give to us. We cannot find it in the world today. We can't find it in the things that are coming at us from the media, the, the, the back and forth and all the, the, the madness that we see. Grace and peace. Jesus, he says, Jesus. And, and, you know, as I said, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And he begins to tell us some of the things of, that, that he has done. It says there in, in the, the middle of uh, verse 5 that he loves us. Did you know that Jesus loves you? Did you know that? Have you, have you understood that he loves you very, very much? It says there that, that he freed us from our sins by his blood. He, he sets us free from our sin. We don't have to be enslaved to sin. Because why? Because he died on that cross. And by his blood, the powerful blood of Jesus, we are set free. 
Not only that, but verse 6 tells us that he's made us to be a kingdom and priests that we might serve his God and Father. He's called us to serve him. He wants us to serve him. And, and then he says to him, be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. It's like it just explodes from the very beginning. The praise to Jesus Christ for all the things that he has done for us. And, and half the time we, 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 we just use that name, the name of Jesus in a, in a vain way. Take the name of the Lord in vain. People say, oh, just, you know, they just use it as an exclamation. But this is the one, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave to John to, to, to give to us, to you and to me, to this planet who's desperately in need. Verse 7, he goes on to say, look, he said, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen, he says again. And then verse 8, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. What is he telling us here? He's saying that Jesus is going to return. Jesus will return, and that's, that's the hope that you and I have. It says he's coming with the clouds. He says, look, keep your eyes open. Well, what he was saying in the first three verses, these things must soon take place. The time is near, and we talked about that last week. It's been, yeah, it's been 1,900 years, 2,000 years, okay, but... The Lord has been using that. He's working in the lies. It's, it's his patience that, that we might come to him. But a day with the Lord is, is, is just like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. So to him, he's outside of the time frame that you and I have. But be certain of this. It's been promised. And the Lord God keeps his promises that Jesus is coming. He will return. That's what you and I have to hold on to and encourage one another. It says, encourage one another, it says in uh, the book of Thessalonians. Verse 9, he goes on, he says, I, John. He starts to speak about himself just a little bit here, but explain like what's going on here. How did he get to where he is? He says, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and the kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. As I said, John has, has got this encounter with Jesus, this vision, this revelation that God gave him. But thinking about this guy, John, who is he? We, we've been looking at the Gospel of John for a long time. We're you know, coming up to chapter 13 uh, in the middle of the book of John. But, but John, the, the apostle, is the one who wrote this revelation down for us. But he's also the one that gave us the Gospel and the first, second, and third letters of John. But John, you know, we, we think about him. He, he was a fisherman. Him and his brother, his family, they were fishermen, but, but Johnny had a big heart. 
But interesting, when you look at this guy, John, who's giving us this message, uh, him and his brother, uh, it says that they were called the sons of thunder. They were kind of aggressive, really, impetuous. In, in Mark chapter 9, it says they, they, they tried to stop some people who were casting out demons because they, they said to Jesus, they weren't with us. They're not one of us. They're not part of our group. In Luke chapter 9, it says they wanted to call fire down from heaven, him and his brother, on those who didn't receive Jesus. But John was changed. John was radically changed. Why? Because he spent time with Jesus. Another thing that they asked to do, they said, you know, we want to sit on the right and left hand of of you when you are in your glory, Jesus. But later on in the book of Acts, it says this, when they, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled. They were just ordinary men. And they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. What changed G- John's life? It was being with Jesus. What's going to change your life? It's spending time with Jesus. That's, the, that's what we're trying to get across here, that it's Jesus. The revelation of Jesus Christ, he mentions in that verse. I might add as well that that later on when Jesus was on the cross, he asked John to take care of his mother. Later on, John becomes known as the apostle of love. But these three things he mentions in that verse, he says he talks about suffering. He talks about the kingdom. And he talks about patient endurance, suffering. You know, there is suffering in this life. We're we're facing it now. You know, we, we, we have this thing, quarantine and all that. We're suffering. I see it around us and I see the the struggles that we're we're all facing. I see it within families. I can hear it in people's voices. It's, it's, It's happening. But John knew that Jesus was with him. Many of the songs we sang today talk about that the Lord is with us, even in the fire. But we're part of a kingdom and the kingdom of God is ours. But it also calls for that patient endurance that are ours, he says, in Jesus. In Jesus. He was on this island of Patmos, a very small island, and and we don't know for sure, but people have said that he was forced to live in a cave on this very small island, and and, and this was kind of a, a, a punishment that they gave to him because of persecution. What got him in trouble was the word of God and the testimony of Jesus, and, and, and so he was isolated. Why? Because of persecution. Talk about being in isolation and quarantine. He was put aside. But as I said, even in the middle of that, Jesus was there with him and Jesus met him and the, and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit gave to him this revelation. Good came out of it. And good can come out of our lives as well. We have to hold on to that. We have to know that. We have to trust God in the middle of all that's going on. He will do something. But we need to focus our eyes and our hearts on Jesus. He says the suffering, the kingdom, and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus. 
He was on that island. Some people believe, and we don't know if this, it can't be verified, it's not in the scripture, but some people believe that they tried to kill John. Previous to him being on the island of Patmos, they tried to kill him. Uh, All the other apostles had been killed and martyred. But they tried to kill him, and by a miraculous uh, rescue, he was saved. They tried to put him into a vat of boiling oil, but God saved him. God rescued him, and, and then he was put on this island of Patmos where he was given this revelation of Jesus Christ. You see, until it's time for you and I to go, God's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of me. Many believe that he was the only one that died a natural death and, and, and died in old age. And so he's here on the island of Patmos. And, he, and uh, they believe he wrote this around 95, which, which would probably make him about in his 90s. He's an older man at this point in time. Verse 10, moving on, it says this, On the Lord's day, he said, I was in the Spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, Write on a scroll what you see, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. These are seven actual churches that were there in that day. He said, write it down. And aren't you and I glad that he wrote these things down? Verse 12, he says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. His head and his hair were like his head and his hair were like wool, were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. And in his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Who is this that he's talking about here? It's Jesus, of course it is. He has this revelation. He has this vision of Jesus Christ in all of his glory. Incredible. Jesus. The revelation of Jesus sees him what what Jesus is like in heaven, in the glory that is his. It says there's blazing fire. It's not like the pictures that you and I see. We have this image, and, and really, the, you know, the pictures that we have, there's a, one that's the, you know, probably the most famous, but it's what somebody came up with. But, but, but it's so much more than that. The, the purity, the holy, holiness, the glory of, of, our, of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And out of his mouth, the, the sharp, double-edged sword, which is, speaks about the Word of God, of course. But that last phrase, it says, his face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. You know, 
my wife and I, we love to watch the sun rise. And, and uh, from where at our house, we, when the trees are bare, we can see the sun rising in the distance. We can look off and see it. But, you know, I, I, I like to get up before. I, you know, I can't always do this because, you know, it gets late, earlier and earlier when the sun rises, so I can't do it. I'll, I confess, but when the, when the seasons are right, it rises kind of late, so I can get up, and I like to see the sky completely dark. And then it starts to get a little bit brighter and a little bit brighter, and you begin to see orange and red. And then it, you see that bright spot as it, as it breaks over the horizon, and it starts to get brighter and brighter and brighter, and you can watch it, but at a certain point in time, it, it starts to get larger and larger and brighter and brighter, and you can't even look at it anymore. You, you, your eyes will just be blinded. He says that's what Jesus was like when he saw him, his face was like the sun shining in all of its brilliance. When Peter, James, and John, you see earlier in, in, in the book of Matthew in chapter 17, uh, Peter, James, and John, it says they, they had this, in, this situation happen where Jesus was transfigured. They call it the Mount of Transfiguration. They went up this mountain. Jesus was changed, and, and for just a short while, they saw that glory. And it says there in Matthew 17 that his face did shine as the sun. That's the Jesus that we're talking about here. That's not the Jesus, the pictures we see, uh, you know, him walking on the earth. Yes, he was here, but, but now Jesus in all of his glory, the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's why it says in Philippians that there will come a time where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. Why? Because of who he is. What's John's response found in verse 17? It says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. What, what was his response? He, he, he was humbled before him. It, it, it just completely took all of his strength away because he saw Jesus for who he was. He fell down and, and worshiped at the feet of Jesus. I fell at his feet. You know what? That's a place you and I need to be. At the feet of Jesus. Mary, we saw it in the Gospel of John. She was at the feet of Jesus. If we really know who he, he is, you and I will humble ourselves before him. If we really knew how glorious he really is. But Jesus places his hand his right hand on, on John there. And he says, do, do not be afraid. He's saying that to you and I today. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear control you. I've been working on a song from Psalm 46. And it says, God is our refuge and strength. Therefore, he's a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Why? Because of who he is. There's a pandemic going on right now, but the worst part of this pandemic is fear. He says to John, do not be afraid. Why? Because I am the first and the last. I am the living one. 
I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Not, not the world, not the devil. It's Jesus Christ has all this in his hands. He is alive. He was dead. He died for us. He set us free from our sins by his blood, but he is now alive forever and ever. And we have got to look to him for the, for the victory over sin and death. He's got the keys. Verse 19, he says this as we move to the close of this chapter. He says this, Write therefore what you have seen, what is now, and what, what will take place later. What is now and what will take place later. He says, The mystery of the seven stars that you saw on my right hand and the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. But he says, he says write it down. What is now, what, what is current, and what will take place in the future. We already saw he has told us that Jesus will return. But even thinking about our days here and now and, 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 and this period of now, which is in our minds is a long period, but even now in these days that we're in today, we see many of the signs of now. We see false prophets. And, and you can go and read in Matthew chapter 24 and, and also Luke chapter 21. Jesus talked about these things that would take place. But we see some of these signs now. The false prophets and the false teachers. We see Jesus talked about the love of believers growing cold. We see that. We see persecution becoming more and more prevalent in our society. It's happening in many countries of the world today in, in a much greater fashion than you and I know about, but it's coming to our shores as well. We see the traditional morals be, becoming less and less accepted, more than anything goes, calling evil good and good evil. We see wars and conflicts and earthquakes and other natural disasters. And, and Jesus said in Luke 21, he talked about plagues. He also said in Luke chapter 21 that people's hearts would be failing them for fear. You know, what we're facing now in these days is bringing a lot of fear. But what some of the things that this book of Revelation talks about in the future... The fear will be off the charts. The last thing I want to mention about now is the rebirth of the nation of Israel. And I kind of see this as an overarching uh, event that's overarching all these things that I just mentioned. That first we had to see the rebirth of the nation of Israel. And, and when these things all start to happen, Jesus talks about them in the, in the sense of them being birth pains. You start to have these birth pains. The baby isn't here yet, but the pains are starting to come. And they're kind of spaced out, but they get closer and closer together. He says, keep watch and pray. For you do not know on what day your Lord will come. For you and I to be ready to stay busy, to watch. 
I want to close with some words from the Gospel of Luke, and, and uh, I put them on the screen. It's three verse, uh, it's, it's five verses or six verses, uh, but I want you to read it with me. Uh, he says this, Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And here's a warning. He said, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, with drunkenness and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. Watch out. Don't get caught up in all these things, all the excesses of this world and life. The drunkenness, the anxieties of this life. And we'll miss what's coming. He says, for it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Watch out, he says. There are events that are coming in the future I think the first uh, that we believe that will happen will be the rapture of the church, but then also at the things that must take place, the temple must be rebuilt in Jerusalem. And then the great tribulation, we will see that. Not the church. The church will be raptured before this takes place. But then Jesus will return to earth and we have the millennium. All these things are talked about in the book of Revelation here. Jesus talked about them. The book of Daniel talks about them. The book of Ezekiel talks about them. So many other places speak about these events that will happen. But for you and I, he says, be always on the watch. Pray that we may be able to escape. How is that? By having a trust and faith in Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus. The saying there, and he talks about the seven churches. And in every single one of these seven churches, he says these words, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let him hear. You and I need to be listening and having our eyes on the prize. Paul talks about it in the book of Philippians that we would you know, be getting to know him better and better. That the greatest thing in all of life is knowing the Jesus Christ, the excellency of knowing Jesus Christ, our Lord. John was in isolation. We may be in isolation, but, but he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And for you and I, that really is what we need to be praying about. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You and I can have the same thing. Jesus, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead who loves us, who freed us from our sins by his blood, who called us to serve. He's coming back. He's worthy of our worship and what do you and I need to do? We need to reach out to him. Let's pray together and, and uh, I just want to pray for you and pray with you that you would get to know him. You'd reach out for him during these times. Don't waste this time. 
It's going to happen. You can come up, Chris. It's going to happen. We're going to get out of this thing. I know that, but, but you and I can learn some very important lessons and very, you know, spend this time wisely and get to know our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the, the book, this revelation, this uh, unveiling of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that you gave, you gave to the Apostle John, that we might read it today, that we might be blessed by it today. It has the promise that if we, that we read it, if we hear it, we will be blessed. And I know why that is. It's because it's the revelation of Jesus. Father, forgive us when we think we can do it on our own without him. Jesus, you told your disciples that we can do nothing apart from you. We desperately need you. May we get to know you, Jesus, better and better. I know it's true, Jesus, that you allow trials, you allow troubles, because so often that's when we reach out to you. That's when we take the time to call out to you because we're in trouble. So we reach out to you now, Lord. Meet us, meet us, Lord, we pray. I pray for any two that have never called on the name of Jesus, never been saved by the blood of Jesus, never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If that's you today, open your heart today and ask him in. You can pray. Simply pray and ask him in, ask him to forgive you, ask him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. He will change you forever. You can pray with me now and say, Jesus, I, I'm lost. I've heard about you today as the Savior of the world and the great and awesome, glorious, risen Jesus Christ. And I ask you to come into my heart and, and heal me, forgive me, and save me today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.